Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka KD. And today we're going to take you on a bit of a journey. Right? We're going to take you on the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows of all the things that it takes to be successful. Because as much as we see it on social media and on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever else, it always looks like success is a straight line. It always looks like success is easy. It always looks like success is quick, which is not the reality, which is why I think so many people give up far too soon. So I'm so, so pumped that my friend Jack Ryan on the show today, right? He leads partnerships over at Shipyard. He has been a part of a Saster. He has worked with and advised multiple companies. And he has been on a journey in life that I think really attaches to the live better, sell better mantra in so many ways. So we're going to talk about the journey. We're going to talk about investing or in yourself, in courses, in your career and your money. Jack, my man, welcome to the show. Dude, KD, stoked to finally be here. It's been a few months in the making. Let's do it. Had some reschedules. We had sicknesses, travel, all the things show up. Now, for those people listening, not watching right now, listening, tell the people where you are right now recording this session. We are recording from North County, San Diego, uh, right near Cardiff State Beach. So I am currently located in my fully tricked out camper van that I live in and out of throughout the year. And uh, the beach is about 20 feet behind me right now. All right. Good. Like I, he made a great LinkedIn post and I didn't know you were going to be in like a tricked out van. I was like, oh, now I'm like looking because I've always wanted to get to get one, you know, and to go through it. So, so, all right, my man, like let's, let's talk about the journey you've been on. And what I'd actually like to open with is where you are now right? To talk about the things that you are doing now, and then we can work backwards on how we got there. So 
kind of walk me through like where you are now, right? You're in a camper van by the beach, right? You've gone on this, like tell people kind of what you're up to right now. Yeah. So professionally, I'm the new partnerships manager over at Shipyard. We're an open source, low code orchestration tool that works with the likes of AWS, DBT, Looker. We do all the data pipelines and all the organization on a host platform. So what's interesting is we do all that and we cost consolidate, which is a big one. So we're seeing a lot of the market reduce tools, tool usage, a lot of prices going up with bigger stuff. And so we're that solution for making it all happen, making it all work. So then, you know, so that is where you are. Now take us back. Take us back. This is the end point. Now say like, did this, is this what you expected to be doing, you know, five, six years ago? Like kind of take us on this journey now. No, no, I I didn't. So my, let's go all the way back to 2018, right? So I was just about to graduate college and I had about three, three weeks left. I had a job lined up in Costa Rica down in Nosara, which I know you love Costa Rica, KD. And I was going to teach surf professionally and do marketing work at a high-end like boutique surf resort. Um, And I'd spent my undergrad studying sustainability with an emphasis in surf tourism. So I was like a surf guide. I did environmental research out in Costa Rica, all the outdoorsy, like beach lifestyle stuff I was really into. And so my life was really centered around surfing. And so I never thought I would ever get into tech one, let alone, you know, partnerships and by proxy sales as well. That all changed November 29th, 2018. My neck was forcibly broken by my black belt jiu-jitsu instructor. I was paralyzed instantly from C4, which is the middle of your neck. And then I suffered multiple strokes about 12 hours after that. So the event happened at 12.50 p.m. And then about 12.50 a.m., I stroked out, at which point they emergency operations, nine hours, coma, intubation, uh, life support, the whole nine. It went from, well, it was already zero to a hundred, but it went from zero to a thousand pretty quickly. And that's where I was at five years ago, as of last week, actually. So. Jesus, that is insane, dude, right? Like, and scary. So then what was next, right? In terms of rehab, you know, cause then you got physical, you know, pain, there's the mental pain, the emotional, the spiritual, like all of those things. What was the rehab process? Like, how did you quite literally get back on your feet, but not just physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, all of it. So the holistic approach you bring up is an ongoing process. It will never end, right? Mm -hmm. If we address at least the physical rehab, I spent four months out in Denver, Colorado at a very specialized hospital called Craig Hospital. I went through hell and back there. I went from my doctors going, yeah, outlook is really bleak given the severity of one, your injury, two, the strokes, three, the fact you're on forced oxygen. And there was just a laundry list that kept going down. I literally just go, you don't know who I am and you don't have any idea what I've done or what I'm capable of, but like, cool, I'll show you. And I managed, and I was very fortunate, very lucky to walk out of the hospital about three, three-ish months later. As for like the spiritual side and the mental side, you know, this has been a really interesting time in my life now that we've hit the five-year mark because I've been, wherever you stand on the spectrum, I've been staunchly atheistic for a very long time, for about 15 years. And now we're kind of coming full circle back to this like concept of God and like 
prayer and, and spirituality. And so it's been a really refreshing thought process and very freeing. Like I've put a lot of faith in myself and constantly betting on myself, but now I'm kind of just going like, you know what? Maybe there's something bigger than me like, that's guiding this path. And so I've just, rather than fight that notion, I've kind of just been like, we're just going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to let it come up as it comes up. And I think that's, I think it's really healthy. And I think it's also like having the bandwidth to think about that. I haven't had bandwidth to think about spirituality or my own mental well being for the better part of five years. It's been all wrapped up in rehab, doctors, lawyers up until March of, or well, April of this year. And now I'm just getting to the point at 28 where I'm like, okay, Jack, Jack died. 2018, the former version of him, right? We all, I know that to be true. My family knows that to be true. Everyone who knows me prior knows that to be true. Now at 28, I'm like, all right, who is Jack Ryan? Like, who is this guy? He's done a lot. He had a very successful run at Saster. He Mm -hmm. spoke on stage multiple times. He helped scale the sales and revenue from, I think it was 15 million to about 27 million in, in two years. Had a great run there prior been an SDR in the data engineering world and that sort of thing before being laid off during COVID. But like from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint, I'm like, all right, where do I want to go? And there's just this, I wrote it down at about 4.30 a.m. this morning where I was like the inner turmoil that we, I think we all deal with for the first time in my adult life is silent. Mm. There's peace, which has been very weird because when you're in turmoil and fight or flight for years on end, when that peace comes up, a lot of people turn to drinking drugs, like vices, that sort of thing. And I know KD, you're really into it. The cold plunges, the meditation, you know, the, the journaling, all that sort of thing. I've been doing that stuff for already 10 years now as well, since I was probably 17 or 18. And so I've really fallen back into that. And if you saw my notes app, especially as of like the past two weeks, really, we're going on three to five sets of notes of journaling a day. So from gratitude to manifesting to daily notes, and then to like business ideas and that sort of thing. Where did that call it that show me or like show you mindset come from, right? That idea, you know, like people kind of like doubted you and you're like, nah, bro, like you don't know me kind of like wait and see, like, where do you get, where'd you get that from? Because, it, yeah, and you know this too, I'm sure you've studied it, right? You look at people that are recovering from trauma, people are recovering from injuries, dealing with cancer, all these things, how much of that mindset matters in the length of their recovery, the fullness of their recovery is like, do they have that of like, I'm going to beat this shit. Like you, you, you don't know someone like me or, oh, woe is me. Where did you get that, like, you don't know me type attitude? Like, I just love that. Yeah, the you don't know me attitude. That comes from my mom. My mom grew up in Chicago, grew up in an abusive household, poverty, came from the dirt, truly, and has been a VP of sales now without a college education, a woman who climbed the corporate ladder in the 80s and 90s. She's been a VP of sales now for, God, 17 years. So at the enterprise level. So that that's where it comes from professionally as well as personally. She she always said, she's like, Jack, you have grit. And it's we like to use grit as a buzzword in the sales world. And, and mm-hmm. I always kind of chuckle at the SDR managers and those types. They're like, just be gritty, make two more calls. I'm like, 
that's not great, guys. That's just not great. Awesome. It's just not. It's just not. Yeah. So, and so the, it truly does come from my mom. And then I was always the skinny, tall kid in sports growing up. I wasn't like the most hyper athletic individual, but like, I just was like, all right, like I'm going to show you like it, it played out in wrestling. It played out in lacrosse, it played out in, you know, surfing, all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's always been there from a very young age. And I think the core ethos has always been about grit and just like grinding through it. And when the injury happened and I was in rehab and stuff, that thought process of like, I'm going to show you who the fuck I am really came out. And I think when traumatic situations occur, the I'll show you mentality versus the woe is me mentality, that's when people are made. And so we watched Jack go from boy to manhood during this process. I love it. I love it. Actually, Jocko said this a while back. He said, chips on shoulders, put chips in pockets. And I've always loved that of like, you know, when you find someone that truly has a chip on their shoulder and has that like, you don't know me, let me show you mindset. It can change everything. Do you have any advice for people to try to instill that, right? To the leaders listening, like how can you instill that type of mindset in your team? Is it instillable or is it something where you kind of have it or you don't? And it's just whether you nurture it over time. It has to be nurtured, right? Mm -hmm. It, it, It can be nurtured through doing hard things, which is classically what a lot of people do, or it can be nurtured through traumatic events and upbringings, right? I don't think anyone is born with it. I think it's just more so you're taught it and you nurture it over time and through life events. So I nurtured it from the time I was, I don't know, fifth grade. Like I loved weightlifting. My first science project was about how blood oxidizes the muscles. Love it. And so like I was really into weightlifting from a young age and I was like, all right, I'm just going to grind in the gym at 4 a.m. Before it was like, cool to do and like brag about on social media. I've been doing that forever. And so it's just normal. And so that that's kind of where it was nurtured on a personal level. And then as we got into sports and later down the line, surfing big waves, diving 50, 60 feet deep on a single breath, like that sort of stuff, you, you have to be tough. You mentally mm-hmm. cannot freak out. And that's what's led to, you know, years, decades later, I'm like, all right, I have grit. I don't need to prove anything anymore. I let my story speak for itself. I let the people speak for me that know me. And when I show up and chat with UKD, which your story, your experience speaks for itself as well. It's an honest, organic conversation. I don't need to puff my chest anymore. We let, we let the stories, we let the grit, the, the background do the talking before we ever walk into a room. It's probably been one of the biggest places, I would say, of my personal growth over the last, probably say like really five, six years is releasing the the care of judgment from other people, releasing the need to prove I'm worthy, right? Like, oh, I, I have to prove I'm worthy. Like, I got to prove that I belong, that I'm going to make sure you know I'm good, that you know I'm right. And I've released so much of that where now it's, you know, arguments or disputes with people on social media. Like, don't care. Don't care at all. Like, at conferences, funny enough, like, like if someone doesn't know who I am, they ask me, like, oh, like, oh, like what do you do? I'm an SDR. That's all I say. I'm an SDR. Yeah. Like I, I don't. I no longer have that need to like prove to people that I'm at a certain level. It's like either you know, you don't, and that's fine. Right. And it's I, like I just relinquished that. So powerful. Probably in the past like two or three months of where 
once you hit that point internally and you have this quietness between the ears, cool. I don't, I don't need to rehash my story a thousand times over. I use it to like kick conversations off, obviously, but like, if you don't know, you don't know. And that's cool. I don't need to explain yeah. it anymore. It's, it's played out in moving forward of as of recently, my relationships, my professional life, everything. And it's just like, all right, you either see it or you don't, and that's okay. Yeah. And we'll just move on with it. 100%. So now let's keep moving forward here, right? So you, oh, you know, you overcome that, not that that journey is done, but you overcome that, right? And for a lot of people, that would be kind of like the highlight, like, okay, like I, I survived this, like I got through this, but you've continued to build on it, right? So like, what have you then done since then, right? You know, sounds like obviously very into mindset, into journaling and all of that. But like one of the things you talked about while before we started recording, right, is this idea of investing, right? Both call it inward and outward, you know, with with money and all those things. So now let's take it into the business aspect, right? You have these massive lows as, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of that. Now let's flip it to the business side, right? Because it also, you know, yes, you did amazing things at Saster doing things at Shipyard now, but there have been ups and downs on that journey too. Let's flip it to that side, right? Around this idea of like investing, you know, in yourself and especially your money. I'm talking to y'all salespeople right now, like making sure you're smart with money and all this. Let's kind of take that journey. Yeah, yeah. So I I really started my career at Saster. So candidly between you and I, Katie, like I really only have two and a half years of work experience. Um, hmm. The roles before that obviously were important in my development, but they didn't, I don't grow hard. Like, I didn't do the hard growth, I guess. And so, you know, at Saster, it was right around mid 2021. And every VC world, startup world is in this massive economic bull run. And, you know, I'm seeing dollar signs. Everyone's seeing dollar signs. I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down on my network. I'm doubling down on mentors. I'm doubling down on how much money I can make. I'm, I'm all in. And so for the next two years, right? I went from, I think it was 45K before that to 172, right? And a number is great. A, a dollar sign is great, right? But what it really allowed me to do was have more freedom to, hence, like I'm sitting in a camper van here that I bought half in cash, mm -hmm. right? It allowed me to get a financial advisor. You know, my parents, as great as they've been, as supportive as, as they've been, they didn't really teach me that much about financial planning or that sort of thing. And so when I'm seeing all this money come in the past few years, I go, all right, one, I, I squirrel money away like a like crazy, just because mm -hmm. having been through what I went, went through, I just like, you don't know when you're going to need it for a rainy day. So I saved a shitload of money. And that's what allowed me to start investing it back in. So I got the financial advisor. I put a ton of money away the past two years. I didn't really spend that much. And I've kept my expenses low. I think what's really interesting is with the tech boom of the past few years, right? There's a lot of people that entered the industry and they see dollar signs and they go, I can change my life. And a thousand percent, you can. I did it myself, right? Mm -hmm. But they have lifestyle inflation. And they end up spending all their commission checks, like going above their means. I've always kept my expenses at like about 55, 60K, like a year. So when I double, tripled my money, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. we're not going to go crazy here, right? Just save it all because you might need that for another rainy day. And that's what came up earlier this year where I was dealing with the California court system 
And I ended my court case after a month for what was done to me. And I just went, I can't work. I can't even be online. I'm getting blasted online. Joe Rogan's dropping my name. Like every Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, there's a video of my neck being broken all over the internet, right? And I'm my, the most horrific moment of my life is in public for everyone to see. And so with that, I was like, okay, this is why I saved all this money, right? I would not have been able to take nine months off and lived a full life without having saved all that money and been really smart about it and working with my financial advisors, working with my family and be like, Hey, like, where should I go? What should I do? That sort of thing. So when I came back to work in the past month, I was ready to just dive head first <laughs> as horrible as a uh, analogy, as that is. <laughs> but was able to dive head first into work again as my best self, because I couldn't have been my best self. I wouldn't have performed, whether it was in sales, partnerships, marketing, whatever it was, the past nine months as a result. And that's mm -hmm. why I think saving and being smart with your money as you start to grow in your career is so critical. Yeah, it's, it is, you know, I, at this point in my life, I live with very few regrets, right? I've released a lot of regrets in my life. I'm here. That's why I always like hate the question of people like, what would you tell your, your 20 year old self? And I'm always like, well, would anything change? Do I tell them something and then the world I'm in now is completely different because of the butterfly effect? Right. Or can I literally just tell 20-year-old KD like, yo, put $1,000 into Bitcoin. And then I wake up today with 2,000 Bitcoin. Because unless it's that, I don't tell them anything because I'm blessed to be where I am now. Yes, there's things I wish I didn't have to go through to get here, but that butterfly effect would change everything right but i look back at, like my money journey very similar and much later you're younger than i am like i didn't hit six figures for the first time until i was 29 28 so it's the same age roughly right you know well not 172 i didn't tell you that much like at, at that point like you know and that was a couple years ago for for you and then i've 10x my income over the last decade. And I wish I had gotten into investing earlier, like investing because we, we saved a lot. We, we, you know, me and my wife both came from very little. So like we didn't go crazy with money. Like, like I wish I had known what to do with the money versus just saving it. Right. I'd be in a different position now if my money had been making me money the last decade versus just making money. So do you have like investment kind of ideas like for people because they are they're starting to make more money how do you kind of split the like all right keeping expenses low but then what to do with the money i was fortunate in that i credit a lot of my financial success professionally and like from an investing perspective to brian elsesser who i think he mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he was my vp of sales at saster and when this money started coming in i was like all right i need help i've always been the one to ask for help i think community and mentors. My success is a direct result of a thousand different other people. I don't believe in a self-made man, truly. It's a result of a thousand different investments from a thousand different people that has brought me to this point today. And Brian, to his credit, went, hey, I got a financial advisor. You need to not be an idiot with your money. And I go, well, I'm not an idiot, but like, I just, I need to. <laughs> that sounds like you too. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he connected me with a financial advisor and I just, I talked to him and I just go, listen, man, like, I don't want to touch my money. I just want to like throw a 500, a thousand dollars away, like a month. 
And it just became two years. It's not a ton, but it's enough for me to be like, it's a start to like mm-hmm. retirement and that sort of thing. And I think you made a really great point about a month ago and I wrote this down, but you talked about how we're all too addicted to speed, mm-hmm. right? And to that point of your own journey of like, oh, I wish I would have known this sooner. Like I've been the same way where I was like, I want to be there faster, faster, yeah. better, stronger, all that. And I think like, I'm in this period right now, especially kind of being sales adjacent, not directly in sales where I'm like, okay, I can slow down and think and process one, all the stuff that's happened in the past five years. But two, I can then think about what's my direction in the next five years. And so we're in that phase right now. Mm -hmm. Like we exited the chapter, we closed it. We're at the place we want to be financially for the most part. We can always, we can always do better. Anyone can do better, but we're just appreciating this moment right now and really planning. I'm like, okay, partnerships right now. I'm going to learn everything I can about partnerships. I'm going to learn everything I can about data engineering. Why? Because I think data engineering, then that segment is still, it's, I mean, it's been the future for a very long time, but I think it's only going to grow. And so that's why I went rather from, I went from the sponsorship realm and like SaaS, like sales tech, MarTech, that realm of working with founders and VCs and those types to into the data engineering realm, which is like wildly technical. I don't have an idea what I'm talking about most days (laughs) Um, and being like, all right, this is where I think the money is. This is where I think the most growth is. Let's go down this pathway because maybe I took a step back financially a little bit in this role, but I'm going to use it as a springboard going forward. That is, it's just like the, the speed addiction, right? Of like the guy, like the compound effect works. And if we just start making a little bit more and investing in the things like this is, you know, Hermosi, I agree with a lot of things Hermosi says. There's other things I'm like, ah, like, okay, like I get it. But one thing that he says, like you can buy the skills and education you need to make a million dollars for 50K. Yeah. Like you really can't, you know, whether that's investing, real estate, day trading, coding, programming, sales, like you, you can learn those skills that will make you a million dollars for 30, 40 K. It's just people don't think that that way around it. And like, he, you know, he's like, fine, cut your expenses so you can invest in yourself. Cause that's going to pay off way more than 5% per year in a 401k sitting somewhere versus like you learn how to make that money as a big focus. Right. The, the point of community drives your own success. Like you're the sum total of the people you surround yourself with as cliche it is, as it is like, I don't think I've ever paid for a course, but I've used networking as my force majeure to scale mm-hmm. my, my knowledge, right? Just how we're talking right now and how I've learned from your content. It's the same way how I learned from Brian and his content and his coaching, And that piece has been really critical for me because I love deep, intimate conversations, kind of the way we're having right now, Mm -hmm. rather than just staring at a screen, going through a slide deck of like, here's how you do X, Y, Z, right? I think the lessons learned from somebody like UKD or somebody like Brian or, or Jason Lemkin or, you know, Blake Birch, even our own CEO, like you can compound their learnings so you don't make the same mistakes they do. And mm-hmm. I think that's an even faster way to get there over time. Yeah, I, I agree. I, um, one of my early mentors told me the slowest way to get good at something is experience. 
why take 20 years to get good at something if you can learn from someone who's been doing it for 20 years? Like it, it just accelerates everything, right? To your example with Brian, he already had a financial advisor. You got to skip all those steps and mistakes because he was able to jumpstart that process. And so it is, whether that's investing in mentors, coaches, programs, courses, books, whatever, that like I do believe people should be investing more in themselves early on from a monetary standpoint. It's just because otherwise it does just goes to the bottles at the club or to that watch or that three series Beamer because you need to prove that you have a Beamer, you know, where it's like that money could be going somewhere else that actually compounds over time, right? So then as we, you know, start to think about like, you know, wrapping this up here a little bit, like what's next, right? So it's like, all right, here we are. We've, we've gone through the ups and downs, you know, personally. We've gone through some of the ups and downs professionally. We are in a state of clarity, as you mentioned, right? Like mentally. What do you, how do you continue to build on this? Because, you know, the show, the show me mindset, I know you're not done. I know you're not done. So I'm excited. Like what, where, where, how does this compound now over time? I've had answers to every single outcome for the better part of five or six years. I predicted mm-hmm. every single thing that occurred. And so for the first time in my life being at like peace and just being like, all right, I'm here. Finally, I've made it. I've made it quote unquote as a 28 year old in you know, the professional world. And personally, I feel secure in myself. I feel secure in my relationship. I'm asking questions without searching for answers. So in my daily journaling, I am constantly asking who, what, when, where, why, but rather than forcing an outcome or searching for a very specific outcome I'm trying to get to, I'm just going, okay, it'll come to me. I trust the universe. I trust God. I trust whatever that this will come up and the answer will arise when I need it to, because I don't need to predict anymore. I can be, I can be mellow. I can be at peace. Now, some of the loose stuff I'm kind of going for, I would love to go to Iceland next July and do the West Fjords way. And I'm speaking this into existence on this podcast right now. The West Fjords way is a 575 mile bikepacking route started by Chris Burkhardt. It's never been done by a disabled athlete. And so I am hoping to circumnavigate it with myself and potentially one of my best friends who's also wheelchair bound and paralyzed and be the first adaptive athletes to do that. So I'm hoping to get some sponsors for it, shoot a film, et cetera. Professionally, partnerships like truly is a new realm to me. I'm just trying to make, it's been a month. I'm trying to make sense of it. I actually just got our first real partnership established yesterday, which I'm really excited about. So now I'm trying to figure out what to do with that. And I just want to learn everything about partnerships. And I've tapped into my LinkedIn network and I've tapped into COOs, VPs of partnerships, that sort. And I think partnerships truly is the future as outbound sales kind of starts to die off, right? You have this constant argument of cold calling's dead, cold email's dead, social selling, yada, yada, yada. I think it's all BS that it's dead. I don't think it's ever going to die. But I think partnerships and channel sales is the future. And I think it's a great revenue model. And therefore, that's why I went into it. I'm just figuring it out right now. But I think in the next five years, if it's not going back into the, the, you know, the top of funnel full cycle revenue role, it's a VP of partnerships at some form at a startup. 
I think. I think that's the future for me professionally. How I'm going to get there and what bumps along the road I might encounter, I have no idea. <laughs> like the line just goes up and down, up and down, up and down. But as I said, when we started this specific topic, it's I'm at peace. I'm just letting myself be happy for the first time five years and genuinely just enjoying life without the impetus of lawyers, rehab, medical issues, that sort of thing. Well, one, now I know about this Iceland trip. So you're in trouble now, man, because once I know someone's goals, if we want to call them or not, like I'm on you now. Yeah. Two, I might know a thing or two about partnerships. So like throwing that out there is maybe a separate call we need to to have. I run the Partnership Org at Bench, ran the Partnership Org at, at Patient Pop. That was our main channel in um, go-to-market at Service Titan. So I know, I know some stuff there too. We can dive, dive into. So awesome, my dude. Well, I'm excited to see you accomplish that. I'm excited to see you lead the way. And I, I agree. Partnerships, you know, is, it has to be more of the future than call it like cold outbound because the, at this point in time, buyers, they only want to talk to people like them. And that's right. not really sellers. It's not where if I'm already spending money on this thing over here, there's some trust. And that company says, Hey, you should probably look at this. We know this about you. You should, there's already that trust level there. Like, okay. And it has the, you know, the, the weight of like another company isn't going to refer this over if they don't actually believe in it. And so exactly. it comes in with more trust as, as well. So as we wrap this, man, I mean, you've already been doing this pretty much the whole time, but I asked this question on every episode, right? Because the name of the podcast is live better, sell better. Mm-hmm. Cause I have that weird idea that if we were living better, had more joy, had more energy, had more fulfillment, had more clarity, peace, whatever mm-hmm. the sales would improve as well. Right. What would your live better advice be to people listening? This is a concept I just came up with on a call yesterday and it's that, well, empathy drives community and community drives empathy. And I think when people invest in their community, whether it's personal. So for me, like I invest heavily in the climbing and cycling communities. And then professionally, I invest heavily in the the, the revenue and partnerships communities as of right now. That drives one's success. Because as I said, you're only as good as the people around you. And you're only as you're only going to grow as much as the conversations you're having and the events you're encountering. So I really think that community piece and, and leading with empathy with your community is what ultimately will lead to some an individual success. I love it. Right? It's like community has been a word that almost has become a buzzword that like people forgot like what it means. Right? It's like real connection is what it means. Not, oh, I have a Slack channel or no, like I'm in a Facebook group. It's like, no, like real communities around connection and care. So, man, I, I love this, man. So where where can people find more of you? Where are you putting out content? How can they get more Jack Ryan in their lives? Because people need it, my friend. People need it. Yeah, man. Um, you can find me at Jack Ry, R-Y on LinkedIn. Um, and then on Instagram, you can find me at Paralyzed, T-O-Peaks, P-E-A-K-S, I post a lot of my photography content, a lot of the reels around cycling and, and whatnot. And I expect that to grow as we dive more into those, that cycling community specifically. Um, and then beyond that, my website, Paralyzed to Peaks, shows some of my personal writing from the past five years, as well as kind of what I've been through and a lot of my photography work. I love it. Well, you got a couple new followers coming from, from me, man, because I definitely want to be a part of this journey and see what you're up to. But my dude, 
first and foremost, honestly, thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for, you know, having that, that I'm going to show you, you don't know me mentality. Like I just, uh, I'm going to make a shirt out of that one. I just love that you don't know me. That was just oh, a thing for me and my life as well. So I love it. So I appreciate you, man. We will be in touch for sure. Thank you for coming on the show today. And I feel like there's a part two coming here pretty soon because we're not, we're not done yet. Yeah. Appreciate it, Keith. And I'm stoked we can get this done. Hell yeah, my dude.